Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneke Wakis-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. It is uh, super important to consider the market uh, you're operating in and to try to avoid wishful thinking. Hi, I'm Henneke Watkins-Sporto, your inspirational leader and host of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bookophilio, Patwa Apparel, and the Jamaica Stock Exchange. And now, let's go to today's episode. Today's guest is a serial author having eight books behind his name and they're all about rational living including when everything fails try this rationality is a new way to happiness and the philosophy of builders how to build a great future with the pieces from your past i'm so happy to have on the entrepreneurial you today john vespasian welcome john to the entrepreneurial you hi Henrika. thanks for having me on Here is the question that I have for you. Would you rather skip Christmas for a year or skip your birthday for a year? Which one would you rather do? Definitely skip uh, my birthday. Oh, you're a Christmas baby. You love Christmas. Yes, I think um, it's a great period to get together with friends and family, uh, extended family and extended uh, friends. So I would definitely skip my birthday. Before any further ado, let me have your social media handle so that our peak performance community can tweet at you and connect with you while we're having our discussion here on rational behavior. Well, it's very easy. If you just type uh, my name, uh, John Vespasian, on Google, you will find the Facebook uh, link, you will find the Twitter link, uh, you will find my blog, uh, my book. So everything is under the name John Vespasian. It's very, very easy to find. Okay, and it's spelled V-E-S-P-A-S-I-A-N. And also for you, my awesome peak performers, if you want to reach out to me while we're here, I am at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Henneke Watkins Portal, as well as Patwa Apparel. So I do want to hear from you. Reach out. Reach out to me. Reach out to John. Let's get ready to rumble. (laughs) John, how would you define rational behavior? Well, it's a very simple approach uh, to personal development and to business and consists of one principle that uh, when you have to to take decision, when you have to to choose uh, a course of action, you will do much better in the long term if you try to to think logically and to assess uh, situations um, uh, by taking a step back and to trying to, uh, to think things through. It's a very simple principle, extremely difficult to apply in practice uh, because we tend to, uh, to panic, we tend to become extremely emotional when we are faced with problems. And the whole purpose of my books, of my work, is to make uh, my readers, uh, myself, uh, a little bit more rational, a little bit more effective because in the long term, it really uh, makes a huge uh, difference. So you're actually saying that uh, rational behavior is the ability to think logically. Uh, to think logically and to be able to, to make uh, good decisions and to implement uh, those decisions um, uh, sometimes for years, huh? for years or for decades. And this is something that you can only do if you really try to think uh, logically. So the whole um, point of my books, I present dozens and dozens and dozens of examples of people in different uh, periods of history making important decisions and important uh, mistakes uh, in all areas of your lives, in business, in, uh, in relationships, in health, um, in all areas of personal development, 
And I think uh, the best way to learn is to learn from examples. You seem to have an addiction, a fascination with rational behavior. Why is that for you? Uh, because um, I made many mistakes in life. And I see also many of my friends and, um, and sometimes family members make mistakes. And I think um, uh, it's really a fashion today to encourage people to, uh, to do things uh, without thinking too much, without trying to, uh, to um, forecast the consequences. You see it all the time. You see, I just do it, uh, go for it, uh, don't think it anymore. And I think this is very dangerous. I think also that uh, positive thinking as a philosophy, and I really uh, present this clearly in my books, it is really very dangerous. I think people should be as uh, rational as possible, especially when you are doing business, because uh, to try to uh, proceed uh, without really thinking things through, it's, uh, it can be very, very dangerous and very, very detrimental uh, to your finances, uh, to your health and to your mental balance. There is a thought process there that goes on that says if an idea comes to you, you know, you should apply the five-second rule in that make a decision within that five-second of idea because the longer you are, the, 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 the longer the distance between the idea and the execution is really the longer it takes, the longer time it takes and the more difficult it is to execute. What do you say to that? Well, five seconds um, for most people would not be enough. And uh, let me just give you a couple of examples from my books. Uh, I think it's better to tell the stories. Look, uh, one of the um, one of the ideas that uh, you see all around in, now in the personal development and business um, world is that uh, you should have goals, clear goals, and you should make a plan, and you should uh, be successful in this way. And um, when you look at history and you look at um, practical situations, you see that most people who have become successful and who have um, uh, been actually very much innovative in their business, they didn't have a clear goal. And this might sound surprising when you see uh, the, the theory of this uh, law of attraction and you see it all around the place. I think it's very unrealistic. And uh, I have analyzed in my books uh, dozens and dozens of examples, and let me just give you one. I, re I recount the story of uh, Diego Rivera, who is the most um, famous painter uh, artist in the history of Mexico. And Rivera, he also uh, did a lot of work in the U.S., in, uh, in San Francisco, in New York. And Rivera actually came uh, to his success uh, very much by trial and error, because uh, he was a complete failure at the beginning. He left Mexico uh, to go to Paris to try to, to become a professional painter. And he imitated uh, all kind of uh, different styles in the 1920s, impressionists, expressionists. I mean, he tried everything, and, and he could not sell a single painting. It was a complete failure. And he was about to give up. He was about to go back to Mexico and try to find a job. And then he, uh, he made a stop in, uh, in Italy. He went to Florence uh, for a week before returning to Mexico. And he tried to, uh, to find some ideas about his future because he was completely desperate. And when he went around there, he visited some um, churches and cathedrals and a monastery. And he found um, the work of some painters of the Renaissance that used to paint on the walls, what you, what you call fresco paintings. And this is something that um, the technique uh, has been lost uh, to a great extent. So when he spent there a week, Rivera actually looked into it. Uh, he wondered how it was done. He inquired around. He got some ideas. And when he went back to Mexico... He tried to put it into practice, and he started to paint um, huge uh, murals on walls, a bit like uh, comic strips, and uh, he became famous uh, almost overnight because uh, he came back to Mexico, he got a small commission uh, to decorate uh, a school, 
And he started to paint on the walls uh, big, big figures with uh, bright colors. And it was very unusual. It is not very well done, I have to say. He's not, he was not a great, great at drawing, but he was unusual because he was basically copying techniques uh, from the um, 12th and 13th century. And he became very famous in Mexico. He started to get uh, commission after commission. And then he got commissions to paint building a bank in New York and then a bank in San Francisco. And uh, he became extremely wealthy. And you can tell me, oh, he wanted to, uh, to be successful. Yeah, he wanted to be successful, but he didn't have a clear goal. He didn't have a clear uh, technique or a clear style. He basically stumbled uh, upon success by trying different things. And eventually he found uh, something that works. And this is, uh, uh, realistically speaking, this is how most people in business and most people who become professionally very successful, this is how they do it. They try different things, they explore, uh, they make a lot of mistakes, uh, they go sometimes uh, through uh, completely wrong paths, and then they have to, uh, to step back, they have to step aside, and they have to find um, an alternative. And I think this approach uh, is much more rational, much more realistic than to become obsessed about one goal and to try to push yourself uh, to do the impossible. And this is why you have uh, very often uh, so many people in uh, with depression and with anxiety, because they follow this theory of this uh, law of attraction, which is extremely unrealistic. And basically, they drive themselves uh, crazy. It sounds paradoxical, because what you're saying is this, as it were, sort of irrational behavior is actually quite rational. So it seems as though you're bonk- debunking the law of attraction theory as well as, you know, the proponents of the SMART goals, setting SMART goals, being specific, measurable, attainable, realistic and time bound. What do you say to that? I think this is a nice theory, but uh, when you put it into practice, um, very difficult to implement. And I think in, in most cases, uh, you spend so much time uh, trying to figure out these uh, smart goals that you forget about the whole purpose in the beginning. And this is because um, human interactions and business and uh, relationships, they're essentially messy. Because we human beings, we are very emotional. We tend to panic uh, when we uh, face um, adversity. And it's very difficult to plan when you are dealing with a huge amount of unknown factors. And sometimes people have to uh, to move to another city to become successful. They sometimes they have to learn another language. They have they have to move to another country. And I don't think you can have uh, these kind of uh, smart goals unless you are in a very constrained environment. I mean, if you are an athlete and you are training to become uh, every every day, I don't know, two seconds faster. Of course, you can train and train and train a very um, constrained environment, a very um, safe environment, and then you can gain a little bit of speed every day until you become very, very fast. I mean, these kind of smart goals, they work uh, when you have all factors under control. But when you are in the typical professional or or business context where you have to deal with competition, uh, local competition, international competition, continuous uh, new tools and uh, a very, very um, quick market, if you go into these smart goals, I think you can make yourself unnecessarily crazy, unnecessarily constrained, and basically, you, you lose, um, you lose uh, sight of the big picture because you concentrate on this, uh, on tracking your uh, smart uh, parameters, which most of the time are going to be unrealistic. Peak performers, you hear John Vespasian right now debunking the law of attraction. He's debunking the whole planning and, and setting smart goals. Now, my job right here is to present the views, to get you thinking and 
allow all viewpoints to contend. We're going to take a break right here. And when we come back, I need to hear from John more about your inspiration behind writing all these books that are focused on rational behavior, rational living, yet you are somewhat uh, giving us a paradoxical perspective to what is assumed and believed to be rational behavior. Let's take a break. Peak performers, success is something that we gradually work towards as an end goal, but we need to be in the right environment to make it happen. Bookafilo is dedicated to providing a space for book, coffee and tea lovers, creatives, educators, students and professionals who want ideas, innovation and inspiration. They have a variety of high quality books, a cafe, events such as book launches, signings and arts exhibitions and professional services uniquely tailored to your needs, culture and tastes. Their environment provides for the full literary arts experience, allowing for multifaceted creative expressions. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bookophilia. Do you want to see the world filled with better leaders? Filling the world with leaders worth following starts with you, and you can be that leader in your company, organization, or community. On May 4, 2018, join more than 100,000 leaders from around the globe at the world's largest leadership event, LeaderCast Live. Broadcast live from Atlanta to a community near you, LeaderCast Live will allow you to learn from leaders like Andy Stanley, Michael Hyatt, and Dr. Jim Lur. For more information on this can't miss event, visit hennikawatkisporter.com and click on Leadercast Kingston and invest in the future of your career, your organization, your community and your world. Welcome back, John. We're speaking peak performers with John Vespasian. He is the author of eight books to his credit, all dealing with rational living. But yet he seemed to be debunking the whole idea of what it means to live rationally. So we take it from trying now to understand your motivation, your inspiration, John, for writing on the topic of rational living. Yes, my inspiration is uh, basically dissatisfaction with uh, with most of the books about personal development you can find in the market because I found I found uh, most of them after reading for decades and decades uh, psychology, philosophy, history, personal development, most of them very unrealistic, uh, very superficial, and um, very much uh, uh, misleading uh, because. Uh, they tell you to do things and to take risks that are completely out of proportion. And I think uh, they make very good reading because the, story are, the stories are very entertaining, uh, they are very appealing, they are very much um, um, a bit like uh, a fairy tale that uh, is it's charming, is captivating, but when you try to put it into, into reality, it's, um, it can be uh, very disappointing. So I started to write uh, the kind of books I wanted to read which are books based on facts, based on history, uh, with a consistent uh, point of view. I think my books are very realistic, and I've been doing this since 2008. I hope to keep uh, doing that for the next uh, decades. And um, my books are uh, unusual in the sense that uh, I present ideas that uh, you will not find easily somewhere else, because um, this is why I'm writing the books, because I wish someone else uh, took the trouble to write these kind of books, but uh, nobody else is doing that. 
Let's look at rationality is the way to happiness. One of your eight books. What do you want your readers to know? Well, um, one of the the principles that uh, I present in this book um, is important to have uh, a rational approach uh, to your finances and your business uh, life. And um, for instance, I tell in uh, in great detail uh, the life of of uh, Walter Scott, who was a writer. Uh, he used to write the romantic novels in the 19th century, and he became very successful. I mean, everybody has heard about uh, Rob Roy. It's a, it's a very romantic uh, novel. Uh, he wrote many of those. Um, nowadays, uh, you, they still sell very well for uh, teenagers and children. But few people know that uh, Walter Scott uh, went bankrupt. He went bankrupt. Uh, he actually became um, very much deranged uh, during his last uh, 10 years because he was uh, working um, 10, 12 hours a day to pay his debts. Uh, he made a huge mistake by uh, buying a huge uh, estate. Uh, he got a huge mortgage. In the end, he could not pay. And uh, he tried to escape um, uh, basically litigation because he had people chasing him to pay the debts. And he became extremely unhappy during the, the last uh, 10 years. And you see this story uh, repeating itself over and over again that people become a bit successful. They start uh, to live uh, beyond their means. They get into debt and eventually they crash. And uh, it's amazing to see that uh, the same pattern that uh, you see in the, in the life of uh, Walter Scott, you see it uh, now, you pick up a newspaper and you see this, uh, this movie actor and you see this, uh, this sport uh, star who made uh, millions and millions and then uh, two years later he's completely bankrupt. And uh, to try to avoid these situations is the purpose of this book, to show you that uh, when you have to make important decisions, uh, you have to try to think ahead, you have to try to become rational, because otherwise, uh, what you built yesterday, uh, you will destroy today. How does the thinking of rational living, how does that thinking apply to entrepreneurs? Bring it tight in a little more for entrepreneurs. Well, it is uh, super important uh, to consider the market uh, you're operating and to try to avoid um, wishful thinking. Unfortunately, if you read uh, most of business books that are available, uh, most of them are based on wishful thinking eh? because they tell, oh, well, because I, I did this and that and uh, then I took enormous risks and I was lucky. And you have to realize that um, uh, many of the stories uh, reflect, uh, in some cases, luck. And in some cases, uh, people who have some special connections, some special uh, expertise that you might not have. And um, what I recommend in, the, in my books is that uh, when people go into business, they should be very prudent and very to keep a very cool head uh, because they will maximize their chances of success. And it is much better to be a little bit uh, on the prudent side, to keep some financial margins, uh, to grow little by little instead of going crazy. Because otherwise, I mean, you see so many companies crash uh, one after the other because uh, people just, uh, just just went too fast. They went, um, they were too imprudent. And let me just give you an example uh, from my books. And this is a story that um, uh, not many people know, but um, it's the story about uh, Vivaldi, who was uh, a composer and musician uh, in the 18th century. Vivaldi made a huge mistake, a huge uh, business mistake that many people still do uh, today in the 21st century. And look, Vivaldi 
Uh, he had a job and he was um, uh, composing music for the church and he was um, he had a good salary and then he started to branch out uh, his own uh, activities uh, private activities composing uh, music chamber music uh, to be performed in Venice and he used to get royalties uh, from the theater from the performance so he was uh, quite successful and he made a very good income and uh, he could have done that for years and years because he became very famous in Venice but then he went crazy I mean, he had some friends who started to put uh, this kind of uh, extreme uh, law of attraction, uh, positive thinking in his head, and he became completely crazy because they thought, look, Antonio, I think you could do better. I think you could expand. You could really conquer the world. And the guy who was um, really well established, he went beyond the ability of the market uh, to sustain uh, music. And he uh, actually, he quit his job. He quit his uh, relationship with the theater in Venice and he had the crazy idea to put together a music ensemble and to go around Europe playing music in different places. Uh, he completely misjudged the market. In the 18th century, this market uh, that uh, exists today, it did not exist. And then he went to Naples, he went to Rome, he went to Ticino, to different areas in um, Italy and uh, Switzerland, a bit also in Austria. And he became completely uh, desperate. Uh, he lost all his savings. He lost uh, his friends. Uh, in the end, uh, he died very sadly on his way to Vienna when he was actually trying to get a job. So try to avoid these kind of situations that you see today in the 20th century. They happen over and over and over again because people become very imprudent. So the whole idea of my books is to make people a little bit more rational, uh, to learn from history and to avoid repeating expensive mistakes. Against the backdrop of your own viewpoint on rational living, what final piece of advice would you have for entrepreneurs and prospective entrepreneurs as it relates to growing their businesses? If I can give you just one point uh, to retain from the interview, uh, check the facts. Check the facts. If you're looking for a job, um, don't become depressed if you cannot get a job right away because sometimes... Uh, you might be unrealistic. You might not realize that uh, to get a good job, you have to do uh, 30 interviews and not uh, two interviews. You might need 30 or 40 because the market is difficult. And if you are doing business and you're marketing your services or you're marketing um, your uh, products, uh, sometimes uh, entrepreneurs become depressed. They become um, uh, anxious because they are unrealistic. They don't realize how difficult it is actually to establish uh, a sales network uh, how difficult it is to introduce a new product and sometimes uh, to find the right marketing mix between advertising between promotion between public relations sometimes it takes uh, a couple of years it is not unusual it's not that you are um, uh, unlucky or you are um, uh, misguided it's normal sometimes it takes a lot of time to go through the learning curve the only thing i can recommend you is to be realistic on your expectations uh, to check the facts continuously to see what other people are doing so that uh, you don't reproduce the same mistakes. And with patience and with rationality, eventually uh, you will massively increase your chances of success. John, at this point, I'm going to ask you to share your contact information again, how or community of peak performers may get in touch with you. It is super easy to find me if you just uh, type uh, John Vespasian on Google or Yahoo on any search engine, you just type uh, John Vespasian, you will find uh, my books, my blog, my free newsletter, you will find everything in one second. Even if you type my name incorrectly, it doesn't matter because Google will correct it and you will find me very, very easy.
Thank you so much, John. We have heard from you some very deep food for thoughts as it relates to the topic of rational living. I'm sure our community members, they will want to reach out to you and they're going to be reaching out to you, you know. And so thank you so much for coming and sharing your perspective about rational living on the entrepreneurial you. Many thanks, uh, Henneke. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And now a word from our amazing sponsors. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. What do you know? We have come to the end of another great episode of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. I trust that you learned something and that something resonated with you so that you can share with others. And speaking of sharing, I'd so love for you to leave a comment on the show notes page of each episode. Well, we're talking about this one in particular. Leave a comment at the end of the page so that when you go the topic, you click down. And at the end, there is an option there for you to comment. If you're accessing through iTunes, then by all means, I'd love for you to leave a rate and review. That will keep us as a top rated podcast. It means a lot to me for you to help me out in this way, right? I know you are listening from all over the world. And I so appreciate it from Japan to Germany to India to Pakistan, everywhere in the Caribbean, in the United States, in Jamaica in particular. Big up my Jamaican peeps. Big up those, of course, in Ohio and all those other states that persons are listening in from, that you are listening in from. I so truly appreciate you. Now, if you want to reach out to me personally, you can actually send me an email, you know, send it to Henneke Watkins Porter at gmail.com. I am truly looking forward to connecting with you. If you want to send me a voicemail too, you can do that through my website. Just go to the middle at the right of the screen. There is an option for voicemail when you go to hennikawatkisporter.com. I do want to hear from you. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. What good? 